I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're just going to go through our Supercoach Giraffe side, give you a little update at the end of the trials of where we are sitting and how we think our team is going. A little bit has changed since we last spoke about our draft team. We've obviously had a few trials and whatnot, so a bit to get stuck into there. Uh, Feeling pretty confident with where I'm at at the moment, Uh, but there are a couple of things that I still need to watch over the next few weeks. A couple of guys I believe I'm going to have to be pretty patient on, so... A little bit to watch there. A couple of jewels that I'm hoping to get as well. One of them I think is likely, uh, but the other ones are a little bit up in the air. So plenty to get stuck into. We'll start at the top. Uh, my hooker, Reese Robson. Uh, I noticed that Jakey Granville jumped on yesterday and played a little bit of nine. Uh, I don't know if that's just because it was a trial or whatnot. Hopefully not. Uh, won't be ideal if Reese Robson isn't playing 80 minutes, uh, but I think that they'll do similar to what they did last year. But as I said, if they don't and we end up seeing Jake Gramble playing, you know, 20, 30 minutes at nine, uh, that will be far from ideal for me and uh, for that draft pick. So that's definitely one that we're going to have to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks, Reese Robson. Uh, but I do think he will still be an 80-minute guy. My front row forwards, Ruben Cotter. Uh, had two stints today, uh, yesterday for the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, I thought he was pretty good out there. He's a guy that, as you guys know, I wasn't uh, stoked on reflection that I drafted him. Uh, he is one of my favourite players in this competition, but I'm just not sure how it's going to go. Uh, that Cowboys game, a bit hard to get an exact read on minutes and whatnot, uh, but I thought he did reasonably well. You know, made his 25 tackles, a couple of hit-ups and whatnot. I think he ended up scoring 38 uh, super coach points, obviously playing lesser minutes and whatnot. So a bit hard to read into these sort of games, but I thought he looked good in his time on the field. Dual position guy, if you can just get me, you know, 55 to 60 each week. Um, 
I'd be pretty stoked with that. We know the guy's got upside as well. So, uh, Ruben Cotter, feeling okay about him. Sam Hughes didn't play a stack of minutes on the weekend. I've actually just found out. Phil Gould put out a thing talking about his side. Turns out that Josh Curran and Sam Hughes both didn't come back from halftime because they were suffering from a virus during the week. Uh, and funnily enough, I have both of those guys. So, two guys that I was sitting there the other night going, oh, shit, I don't know about this. Uh, we get a little bit of context there that makes a heap more sense. So... Sitting okay there. Look, Sam Hughes, you're going to hear him spoken about a lot because he's very popular in Classic. He was my last pick of the draft. If he's a front row forward that gives me 40 to 50 each week, uh, I'll be stoked to have him. Uh, I think that they lack a lot of middles, the Canterbury Bulldogs, and I'm hoping that those two boys, Hughes and Curran, uh, can be the winner out of those guys. But if Hughes doesn't work out, uh, you honestly won't hear a complaint out of me. So be it. I'll move him on. There's every chance that if no one else you know, misses by a mile when it comes to the first team list, there's every chance that I drop Sam Hughes regardless of, you know, where he is in that Canterbury side just because I want to maybe get other positions. So, Sam Hughes, uh, fingers crossed he goes well, but if he doesn't, uh, I'm not overly concerned. Uh, I think he played about 20 minutes the other night, and how did he come up with score-wise? Sam Hughes, 16 points in that time. So, not overly impressive, uh, but once again, trials limited minutes. We now know he was suffering from a virus, uh, only played half the game. So, is what it is. <laughs> Not too worried about Sam Hughes, and if it's not working out, uh, I will move him on very, very quickly. So really not on my radar as a worry at all. Uh, second rowers, uh, this is going to be very important for me when I have a look through my two RFs. Brett Nicola is the first one. He's going to be my safe, consistent guy. Uh, Hines didn't play in the trial the other night, so he'll come back into it. He'll get through a heap of work. Very confident on Nicola. Ben Javovic. Obviously, going over to Las Vegas, very keen to see how he goes. Obviously, Josh Schuster, he's been left at home. He will not be going to Vegas. So, Ben Javovic, it looks like he's got that left edge locked down. I'm very confident he can hold on to that. Uh, we just need to see Burbo, uh, his body, hold together and get through an entire season. So, very happy with Burbo. I can play him in the CTWs, but my CTWs are so strong that I'll probably end up playing him in the 2RF realistically. Will depend on matchups and whatnot, but excited to have him. Uh, Morgan Smithies, he played 25 minutes for about 25 points the other day. Ball played a little bit through the middle. It's pretty hot out there. His first hit out. Um, I'm expecting him to play pretty big minutes when he gets there for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I think round one anyway, he'll play big minutes with Corey Horsbrow. It'll be interesting to see what happens once Corey returns. If Smithies actually stays at 13 or if he moves into the front row. This is one of the guys that I think is a little smoky to get a dual position. If Corey Horsbrow comes back and wears 13 and Smithies moves into the front row, uh, I would absolutely love that. That would be fucking unreal. Smithies would then get dual position, uh, and I could play him in the front row forward, and then I could move Sam Hughes off and bring other people in. So, um, Smithies, I want him in jersey 13. I want him to do a lot there, uh, but if he ends up playing as a front row forward, uh, playing, you know, 50-odd minutes, he'll score 50 points, and I can move him to my front row forward, and I'm happy with that for the rest of the season. Uh, but ideally, if he could play 13 and play bigger minutes and have a, a few more handles of the football, I'd be happy with that. So, really, however this works out with Smithies, as long as he's playing decent minutes. I'm happy with it. Uh, the workload he got through today was tremendous in that heat and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, pretty happy with that. Um, my other two RFs, Sal Wong. Uh, nothing's been updated from the weekend. As I said to you guys last week from that trial, wasn't fantastic how he was used. Uh, so I guess we wait and see for Vegas. Probably not a guy I'll play in round one realistically, unless he's named on the edge for the Roosters. Even then, I'd probably be hesitant. 
I just want to kind of see what his minutes and stuff are and what the Roosters' rotation is first. Uh, so, Sia Wong, I'm expecting him to be a long-term project, uh, but one that I'm very confident on eventually. Josh Curran, I thought when he got on for the Bulldogs the other day, he was tremendous. He played about 25 minutes, probably would have scored 50-odd points. Had a try assist, had a heap of hit-ups, no offloads yet. They will come. Uh, but, yeah, Josh Curran, I think he looked the best when he sort of jumped into that 13 role for a split second. Uh, so, even if he's not playing that 13 role, I think he'll come off the bench. He'll play as a middle. He's another one that if he's coming off the bench, uh, he might get dual position. If I can plug Josh Curran in my front row forwards uh, and then pick three other two RFs, that'll be unreal. So hopefully one of Smithies or Josh Curran uh, can grab that dual position there. That would be ideal, but I'm probably a little bit iffy on those. Uh, Kai Pierce-Paul, he is as big as a house. I've been talking about him for two years now. I'll be honest with you, I did not realize actually how big he was. Uh, he was enormous the other day. I think Dylan Lucas would still be my left edge starting front row for round one. Uh, but I think as time goes on, Kai Pierce-Paul uh, will end up having that spot. I think he's just got too much attacking upside uh, not to get that spot eventually. And I think Lucas, because he can play center as well, I think he's more likely to end up in Jersey 17. Uh, the thing that stood out for me the other day with Kai Pierce-Paul was the long minutes he played. I expected him in that heat over there in Fiji. You've got to remember, that's his first game outside of England. Uh, I expected him to play 20-odd minutes. It felt like he played like... 50 or 60 minutes. He was really good, Kai Pierce-Paul. Uh, got stood up for the first try by Jonah Pazette, which had me very nervous. Watching it in hindsight, though... Uh, Adam Elliott was obviously the A defender, really didn't do him any favours uh, marking Pazette there, so he sort of got left in no man's land, but uh, yeah, did not look pretty that first one. After that, I thought his touches were really good. I thought his fitness to get through those, those minutes uh, was very impressive. So I think he's going to be a long-term play. Kai Pierce-Paul, but I am more than happy to be patient with him. Uh, I like the look of him heading into the future. Uh, my halves, good God. Drew Hutchison the other night. Um, wasn't his greatest performance. Let's be perfectly honest here. I'm just hoping he can hold on to that seven jersey and just get through a lot of base work. Uh, this is going to be my big problem this year. Halves, going to have to work out what I do here. Uh, as I always say to you guys, I sacrifice uh, one or two key positions in the spine every single year uh, to get everywhere else strong. Then I can work on those key positions there. So uh, hopefully Hacho can work out. If not, so be it. We go to the waiver wire and we make moves. Bud Sullivan uh, was very, very high on Bud Sullivan. Uh, well, I wasn't sure that, I should say I was very high on him. I just thought under Benji Marshall, he could potentially get the best out of him. He ended up with a score of like 55 or something the other night, which was good. But the reality is that he got hooked in the first half. Um, the young fella, Galvin, came on. I thought he looked unreal. Galvin can play multiple positions. Bud Sullivan kind of can't. I still think they'll probably go with Bud Sullivan in round one. Uh, but, I, geez, I think Galvin is putting some serious pressure on him. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Galvin in Jersey 14 and him come on for Bud Sullivan at one point. So not stoked about the Bud Sullivan situation. Do not get me wrong. That is not ideal. By round one, I mean round two because they have the buy, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Bud Sullivan, Drew Hutchinson, these are going to be my two problems. Hopefully one of them can work out and just keep their head above water. But I reckon there's every chance uh, that both these guys have gone bust by round five or six. So we'll see what happens. It's only trials. A lot of water to go under the bridge still. Uh, but I'd be lying to you if I said that these two are looking good at the moment. Uh, CTWs. I've ended up pretty stacked here somehow. Um, Greg Marshew didn't get a heap of ball the other day. The opportunities they did get on the left edge, Bradman Best scored. Still got through a lot of base work and whatnot, so still confident on Bradman Best. Zach Lomax played wing the other day, scored a try, got through a bit of work. Still didn't get an opportunity at fullback, and to his credit, I thought Sloan was really good in this game. I think he came out with an early error, but outside of that, he was really solid. So Lomax might have to bide his time there. He is goal-kicking the Dragons. 
They actually looked really good. Uh, we'll talk about it in our uh, rapid review of Trials Week 2, but the Dragons look sensational. Uh, Jack Bird is playing some great footy inside Zach Lomax, which kind of hurts him because Jack Bird simply never passes the football, obviously. Uh, but he did create a try for Lomax with a kick the, the, the other night. Uh, I am hoping that Lomax comes in and does a little bit more work throughout the game, uh, but I am still hoping that he will end up moving to fullback and get that dual position. So, uh, yeah, the Dragons' form is going to be very, very interesting in a weird way. I almost want the Dragons to do poorly uh, so that maybe Zach Lomax gets a chance to play fullback. Uh, Flano apparently said the other day that he meant to play him at fullback in the first trial, but he had back spasms, so he put him to centre instead, which didn't really make a heap of sense to me, but is what it is. So Lomax, I'm not I'm not over the moon with him at the moment, uh, but I did draft Zach Lomax with big potential in the future. Daniel Tupu's nothing has changed um, since we spoke about him last. Same as Corey Oates, uh, two guys that will be featuring in Las Vegas. Uh, two left side wingers, two guys that they get through a lot of base work. Uh, they've got good centers inside them, good halves inside them. Uh, I think both will score a lot of tries this year and do really well for me. So really happy with those guys. Um, my bench guys, Anari Tawala, I uh, picked him up because I heard rumors he was going to land on the right wing. Uh, I think that's all but confirmed. He'll be the right wing now for the Newcastle Knights. Did some good things the other day. Had a bit of a mixed bag. Scored a good try, though. Uh, so that was sort of what we needed for him to lock down that spot. I believe he will be there. He played a bit of left center late in the game, but I think Tawala will be the the right winger. Outside Dane Gagai, I don't mind it. Obviously, Dom Young scored a heap of tries there last year. Uh, Tuala, he's a good little value pickup. But when you have a look at the rest of my CTWs and when you consider at the moment Burbo's in the 2RF, probably not a guy that I overly need. So he might be a guy that I look to trade uh, in my competition. So we'll see how that goes. Cole Felt, the only reason why I drafted him was because I had Scott Drinkwater and he can throw those nice passes out to him and he can score meat pies. Uh, and wow, I think he scored three, might have got four tries, was unlucky not to get five or six in his game yesterday. He was fantastic, Cole Felt, 100 plus, took a couple of uh, really good hit-ups too. Uh, if you have a look at his first touch of the game, I believe it was. He knocked it on and Xavier Savage scored, and I thought, oh my God, Kyle Felt could be out of this team before halftime here. Uh, he ended up scoring the most super coach points of anyone across the entire weekend. So, really good bounce back there by Kyle Felt. All he has to do is catch and put the ball down sometimes, but if he's doing it, so be it. Uh, and if I have got Scotty Drinkwater in my side, which I will week in, week out, uh, Kyle Felt will probably get a bait in my team. Who I take out of Marshu Lomax. Tupu and Corey Oates, I have no idea, uh, but that combination between Drinkwater and Kyle Felt, uh, it is just tremendous. So very happy that I drafted him. I've never been a huge Kyle Felt fan, and I'm not convinced he holds on to that spot the entire year because I think Valame will come into the team at some point. Uh, but yeah, Kyle Felt, happy to have him. Really good performance yesterday. Hopefully he can keep that form up and prove me wrong. Uh, my fullback and my captain, my first draft pick, Scotty Drinkbloke. Uh, I was so excited by him yesterday. He absolutely lit it up for the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, set up a few tries and whatnot. Only played about 50-odd minutes. I'm not sure how many points he scored. I thought it would have been like 70-odd or so. Uh, he does have to do a lot to score Scott Drinkwater, but you have a look at the way that the Cowboys play. Just everything is built around him. I think he's one of the better ball-playing fullbacks in this competition. Uh, the Cowboys, they play you know sideline to sideline footy and Drinkwater. He has to be right up there with the fittest guys in this competition. He's just popping up everywhere. I like that they've got a halfback in Chad Townsend who's getting a little bit older. His entire game plan is just put Drinky into good spots. Uh, I love it when Drinky, when Drinky jumps into first receiver and gets his hand on the ball. Uh, there's just so much to love about Drinky. He took a couple of goal kicks 
late in that game because Val Holmes was out. Uh, I'll tell you what, if something was to happen to Val this year, he was to hand over the tea or something like that, uh, my God, Drinkwater would absolutely explode. A guy that I'm seriously considering for Supercoach Classic after watching him in that game, he was very, very impressive. A little bit more expensive than you guys like Turbo and whatnot, which is why I think a lot of people will fade him. Uh, but I'm seriously considering starting with him. I think the Cowboys have a, have a decent little draw to start. Even the hard games they have, they're at Suncorp, uh, where, you know, the teams to be tends to be a lot of ball movements and dry track like that tends to really suit a guy like Scotty Drinkwater. The other hard teams they play. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think they've got the Titans, they've got Parramatta, and they've got the Sharkies, three teams that absolutely love to concede points, Supercoach points in particular. So, uh, drink bloke, I am seriously... Seriously considering starting with him in Classic and very, very happy to have him as my draft captain week in, week out. Uh, I noticed a few people when I put up a post about drinking the other day about my draft team, a few people told me that I, 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 sh- I should have got him a few rounds later or that it was overs getting him at eight. I reckon it's fucking unreal value. You have a look at the last 12 weeks of last season. Drinky averaged about 100 points. He was absolutely on fire. Uh, if the Cowboys are in good form this year and they're playing good footy, I'm expecting a massive season from Scotty Drinkwater and his form in that trial. Um, I think that does a lot of the talking. He was incredible. So uh, pretty happy where my draft team is at at the moment. My biggest worry, as it was always going to be, is my halves. Uh, Hutcho and Bud Sullivan, it's a bit of a fucking nightmare. If just one of them can make it work, I'm happy to AE the other one. That's completely fine with me. Uh, But I just probably need one of them to work out or I need to find someone off the waiver wire that can maybe make that work. But I'm not going to make it a priority. I want to get the rest of my team right first, see how these to go. Uh, It's a long draft season. Opportunities will present themselves as we go. No need to panic over it now. Uh, You know, Hutcho and Bud Sullivan, they could both lock down their respective spots in their team and come out and have good seasons. Uh, We'll just have to see how it plays out. More than happy to be patient as always, though. Uh, I've got a couple of guys that are going to be patient weights. Kai Pierce, Paul, Sua Wong, Bud Sullivan, Hutcho, these sort of guys. So Zach Lomax as well to get his upside. Uh, So I'm happy to sit on my hands for a little bit, wait and see what happens. Said the same thing last year and we ended up just having a fucking all-time team despite not winning it. Uh, we had a very, very good side. So happy to be patient. We'll see how it all plays out and uh, we'll see how we go in Brisbane. So for the games in Brisbane, I will have Seal Wong, I will have Ben Travojevic, I will have Daniel Tupu and Corey Oates. I have four players from those two games, which will leave me in pretty good stead. The advantage that I have in round one, the guy that I'm versing, he got the first draft pick overall, Mickey Poyler, and he has actually got... He has got Nathan Cleary was his first pick. He got first pick overall. So Nathan Cleary uh, takes on the Melbourne Storm in round one in Melbourne. Hopefully the Melbourne Storm are really up for that one. They defend well. We know their incredible record in round one. I'll be tipping the Penrith Panthers to win that one, but hopefully... Hopefully the Melbourne Storm can keep Nath relatively quiet 
uh, and that can be a big win for us there. So plenty to watch there uh, with round one and whatnot. Plenty to watch in Vegas. We'll be over there very, very soon, which is super exciting, and plenty more to come on the Supercoach front. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.